So with, with stock trading, it's the daily activity of buying and selling shares on the JSE or some sort of a stock market to make a profit. So the focus there is really on the share price because you want to buy at a low price and you want to sell at a high price. Investing is then buying shares for the long-term gains. So you aren't really concerned with the daily movements and the price of a share, but on the long-term growth in the value of that share. Um, you know, so trading and investing both involve seeking a profit in the stock market, but they pursue the goal in different ways. So that's how I I like to to divide the two. So stock trading is the day-to-day, while investing is the long-term um, approach. Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning, and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family, and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. My guest this week is Tsepo Khapane, the founder of Youth Money Circle, a financial literacy company. We speak about the difference between saving and investing. One is letting your money sleep, and the other is putting your money to work. Tsepo shares a really good analogy to explain the difference. He says we should see ourselves as CEO of our money. I'll leave him to explain more in the episode. I didn't start out with a financial plan, Tsepo. I finished university, I started working, and then as I earned money, I paid off my student loan. And once I'd paid off my loan, and I'd had a few salary increases, there was this gap between my income and my expenses. So I had the surplus and what I did was I saved it in a 30-day notice deposit. Um, and when I had saved a fair amount of money, I thought I should, should do something with it because it was just sitting there in the 30-day notice deposit earning a very little interest. Um, and all my colleagues at that time were buying houses. So I thought that's what I should do with the money. But Thankfully, I discussed this idea with a family member and she introduced me to someone who gave me a good advice on how to invest in shares. So I invested that surplus into the Satrix 40, actually. And today that investment is earning me a monthly income. So the reason I'm telling the story is for the lesson behind it. And, and the lesson is that there's a difference between saving and investing. And that difference is not clear to everyone. It definitely wasn't clear to me when I was starting out. I thought that by putting my money in a 30-day deposit, earning a small interest rate, that was kind of the best I could do. It's only now that I can clearly see the benefit of investing. So Tsepo, thanks so much for joining us. And and maybe we can start with how you would explain the difference between saving and investing to someone who's new to both. Lovely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, when explaining the difference between saving and investing, three things come to mind. Intention, time and risk. So saving is the act of putting money away in a safe place to use in the near future. 
Uh, the intention is to put that money somewhere safe where it is easily accessible for the short term. So it could be a year or two for a specific goal. There is no risk. Uh, so your money is basically asleep. So an example of this is, you know, I'm saving towards a holiday in a year's time that will cost me 12,000 Rand. And so I'm saving a thousand Rand every month. And that is saving. Then with investing, it's the act of putting your money into an asset. So it could be shares, property, livestock, with the hope that the money will grow over the long term. So the intention here is to put your money to work by investing it in an asset that will grow in value and hopefully provide some sort of an income. So there is risk, um, you know, but your money is actively working for you. So, you know, a, a, an example of this is investing shares in the JSE. You know, you, you buy shares in a really, really good company. The shares grow in value and provide an income. And there is a long-term goal because you're building wealth. So, you know, though, that's what I think about when, 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 when we discuss the difference between savings and investing. It's the intention, it's the time, and it's the risk. Mm, that's a great, it's a great way to explain it. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, but the, the, the intention, the time and the risk, those are the three things you need to think about to say, am I saving or am I investing? Mm -hmm. And you, you mentioned a couple of examples there, which I think make it quite clear to listeners. So as you said, a savings goal could be, um, saving for a holiday or, um, you know, something, something fairly short term, saving for a deposit on a house, uh, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever your savings goal is. And then an investing goal is, um, is something longer term, something where you'll get capital growth and, and that will basically earn you an income. It's, it's putting your capital to work. I like what you said there. 100%. So I hope this next question doesn't confuse listeners, but people who are new to investing sometimes confuse investing with stock trading. They think that by saying uh, you should invest your capital, what we're saying is you should trade shares daily on the JSE. And that's quite an intimidating thing for a lot of people because uh, trading shares, you've got to, you, you, it's quite technical in, in some, in some ways. So what is the difference between investing and trading? And trading. So with, with stock trading, it's the daily activity of buying and selling shares mm -hmm on the JSE or some sort of a stock market to make a profit. So the focus there is really on the share price because you want to buy at a low price and you want to sell at a high price. Investing is then buying shares for the long-term gains. So you aren't really concerned with the daily movements and the price of a share, but on the long-term growth in the value of that share. Um, you know, so trading and investing both involve seeking a profit in the stock market, but they pursue the goal in different ways. So that's how I, I like to, to divide the two. So stock trading is the day to day while investing is the long term um, approach. Yeah, and it reminds me actually of uh, of one of the podcasts I did with Simon Brown on how to get started. And he he said there's actually a technical definition I think for trading that SARS uses. So at some point, SARS will classify whether you're doing day trading or not, and there's a different income income tax applicable. So so there is a an actual definition out there. But I think for for the average person who's just trying to get started, um, stock trading is not something that you know, we'd recommend with no experience. Yes, yes, 100%. So this episode was actually inspired by a great uh, quote that you posted on your, your Twitter account, the Youth Money Circle account, um, which I love, um, by the way. And it says, 
uh, in that quote it said, savings is a great habit, but without investing and tracking, it just sleeps. So why does your, ma- why does your saved money just sleep if it's not invested? Oh, it's, it's such an interesting question. So, you know, with, with saving money, you know, the intention is not necessarily to grow the money, but you want to have access to that money immediately for a specific goal. So there's no risk. So the money sleeps. With investing, uh, things are different because you're putting your money to work. You want it to actually grow in value. So you invest in an asset that will generate an income through dividends or will grow in value. So your money is quite active. And then you need to track the activity um, uh, that your money is, 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 is going through. So I'd like to actually share an analogy. Um, it's based on a blog post that I'm currently writing. Um, and, and I hope that, that you'll be able to, to stay with me as I explain it. So, you know, imagine yourself as the CEO of your finances, right? Your goal is to become financially independent. The income you make, whether it's your salary from a job or from your side hustles, are your employees, who make it possible for you to be able to reach this ultimate goal, right? And so you must put these employees to work. Each employee must be assigned a job within the different departments, right? And these different departments can be viewed as different assets. So we've got a department which is shares at the JSE. We've got a department which is cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. We've got another department with livestock, another with uh, property. And then you deposit your employees into those different uh, departments. So a thousand rand into shares, thousand rand into cryptocurrency, thousand rand into livestock. And by giving your employees these jobs in these different departments, you reduce the risk of not reaching your goal as one department may outperform another department. Then you set yearly targets to say, let me see whether the employees and departments uh, are reaching the goals that I've set for them. You monitor and evaluate their performance. And if employees and departments are doing well and are growing in value by providing you with an income, you reward that department by allocating more manpower and employees to that department. In other words, if uh, the department of investing in shares is doing really, really well, you just put more money into the shares. And so that's how I, I view it. You know, as a CEO, you put your employees to work, you ensure that they have the resources to be able to perform, and then you have to monitor them. And so that idea of putting your employees to work is putting your money to work. And that, that, that way your money is not sleeping. Your money is actually helping you to achieve this goal of financial independence. And so that's how I like to, to view it. Oh, it's a lovely analogy. It, it makes it so clear it, and, and, and it, uh, it reinforces the idea that your money should work for you. It should be an employee. So I love giving that title. And I think, I think also like to even extend that analogy further, um, because I like it so much is that your, sometimes you can have too many employees for the job that needs to be done. So if you're a, if you're a small company, so say you only have a, a, a smallish amount of capital, um, you don't want to have too many employees because it costs money to maintain all these employees. They, uh, so that could be the, the bank fees or the investment fees that you're paying. So, so you start off with a few employees. Like I st- the st- story that I started off with, I, I started with one employee, which was just shares on the JSE in one, in one share in the Satrix 40. And then as you grow, you can also grow your number of employees. So yeah, it's a good analogy that works in many different ways. 
it's very true because even as as the ceo during the monitoring and evaluation that's where you make those decisions where you decide that you know there's too many employees in a specific department uh, perhaps i need to reduce them or the cost of those employees is too high and so the the constant tracking of your money is very very important um, you know, to avoid a situation where you're investing in something and then 10 years down the line, you realize that the cost of the investment were too high. The investment didn't grow as was promised, um, you know, so that that tracking and that evaluation process is just as important as actually putting the employees to work. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Because otherwise you've got employees and you have no idea if they're performing their job well or not. So yes, tracking is is the other component that we haven't touched on as much as uh, the difference between saving and investing. But tracking tracking is so key to the whole yes. um, process. Certainly, certainly is. So I have a friend and she's an excellent saver. So she lives below her means. She earns a good salary. She's not spending it all each month. And over the years, she's accumulated quite a substantial sum of money, which is just in a savings account, which is earning uh, an interest rate that is keeping pace with inflation. So here her money is just sleeping. It's not working for her. She's not the CEO of her, her money at all. Um, and I think that she understands that if you invest your money in shares or another asset class, you, you gave some great examples earlier, it will pay you an income. But still, she can't get herself to that point. And I think her story is quite typical of a lot of people. And I'm not sure if she she continues to save and not to invest because she's not comfortable with the risk or whether it's that she doesn't know where to start. So maybe we can speak about both of these issues um, starting with risk. Mm, starting with risk. So look, I think investing comes with risk, you know, risk of losing your money, you know, and there are different levels of risk, you know, uh, there's low risk, there's moderate risk, there's high risk, and that's just part of investing. So I, I think your friend needs to find her level of comfortable risk. And one thing to do is to, is to diversify. So to have those different departments. So if she spreads the money across the various assets, she'll be able to mitigate her risk. And, uh, if you have employees in these different departments, you reduce the risk of total failure and loss because one department can outperform another department. So I think it's just for her to find her level of risk and then to mitigate that risk by spreading her employees across the different departments. Um, and I think from a risk point of view, um, that's, that, that's the important thing to, to look out for. Yeah. And also to give your employees like quite a long time horizon for achieving their goals. So, um, so yeah, if you, if you, um, the risk of checking too frequently of uh, uh, the performance of your investments is that you can get demotivated. But um, risk, if you if you invest for the long time, long term. So you mentioned at the beginning one of the three components that you need to consider is is time horizon. And so if you're investing for the long long term, you've got to also know that you've got to ride out some dips before you you actually see see the growth. So. So yeah, risk and and time are are also quite uh, well related there. Very, very, very well related. Um, and so Tsepo, what about um getting started? So perhaps my friend or other people in a similar situation are just they just don't know where to get started. So how can people get started with investing in whichever asset class in a in a simple and easy way? 
Yeah, I think the, the beauty of, of living in the age that we're in, we have so much access to information and we need to better use that kind of information. So, you know, we need to read, we need to research, we need to ask questions, we need to listen to podcasts like yours that are absolutely amazing and make sense to the average South African. Um, you know, and your friend can perhaps even consult with a financial advisor or a planner and let them guide her on her journey um, to help her determine which departments to set up and the number of employees to assign to each, but also to understand why this department is important um, for her journey. You know, so I think we, we, we need to spend a little bit of time building a relationship with our money. And part of that is doing the research and doing the reading and doing all of the asking, um, you know, because even when you go and see a financial advisor, financial planner, you need to have some degree of knowledge in terms of what it is that you want to achieve. You don't need to know everything, but you have to have a really good idea of, you know, what is a share, you know, as just as a basic concept, you know. So I think we just need to make use of all the information we have, all the resources we have um, and then we need to go to the financial advisors and planners and let them guide us um, on this journey that we wanted to take yes i like that i think it's it's both about empowering yourselves and then getting advice when you need it it's like people use coaches all the time and and financial advisors are, are kind of coaches for our finances so yes i agree with that yeah um, Tepo, at the, the Youth Money Circle, which does also an excellent job in, um, in educating people about their personal finances, you guys, um, uh, you, you're really passionate about this. You're really passionate about educating people on personal finance. So what is the one piece of advice, if you could choose one, that you would like to pass on to the youth? Ooh, you know, there's so much to, to share um, and when I think about the youth and when I think about financial literacy, um, but ultimately you are the CEO of your finances. You have to take responsibility and realize that every decision you make helps to bring you closer to your financial goals or further away from your goals. So the sooner you start, the sooner you can start putting your money and your employees to work. So for me, the important thing is you, you need to take ownership of your finances and you need to start to build a relationship with your finances. Um, and that process takes time. It's almost like, you know, you're courting uh, an individual. You know, it takes time. You know, it takes <laughs> finesse. It takes some effort. You know, it takes some emotion. And you need to apply that to your money, you know, because money reciprocates. So when you show money love, money will show you love. And when you abuse money, money will leave you. It'll leave you in debt. You won't have enough in your account. So that's, that's, that's the piece of advice I'd love to give um, to people. Great. Thank you so much for your time today on the Family Finance Show, Tsepo. Thank you so much for the opportunity and for doing a wonderful job in educating us and the rest of the South Africans. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to The Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.